0: How about this run from Granger? He'll have a first down at the sixth occurrence. Quick shot. Left side. There's Malachi Coy. First guy misses. Second guy misses. Across the 50. Fly to the play. He's free. Bye bye. Malachi Coy. Up to the races as a set for the break. 94 yards and a cloud of dust for Rutherford, Kentucky. David team that won 12 games a year ago. Got West Championship game. Chance to get off the bat. No season. a conference opener. But it's Chanty who slips a tackle. Runs upfield, field. Ashton Chanty. Touchdown. First down to 10. Looking for that end zone. He's got Harvey, And that's a catch for a touchdown. Old Dominion breaks the ice. With 7.05 to go here. Javon Harvey touchdown number two on the year. The G Five Hive, all G Five, all the time. Welcome to episode number twenty-five of the G Five Hive, where we aim to bring you all the honey in G Five college football. I am your host Justice, and I am joined by my co-host Luke. How's it going tonight, Luke?
1: It's going pretty darn good. Why you might ask, well, I come to my door today and I've got a future Boise State star quarterback, Malachi Nelson's, I got a USC helmet, but uh, it's not like I'm seeing a lot of Boise stuff, but I thought it was a cool little autograph there because, you know, hey, Maybe he pops off. He does, you know, some really good things, goes to the NFL really successful. How cool would it be to have a Joe Burrow Ohio State Buckeye mini helmet or something that, like, you were that for a, a moment in this whole spectrum of your career? I'm like, okay. And I think I got it for like 18 bucks. So it's not like.
0: It's yeah, awesome. It was man. like
1: eleven or eighteen to buck. It was it was really cheap. So I was like, you know what? That's totally worth it. So I decided uh, so yeah. Got my got my USC Malachi Nelson uh helmet. I got a big a big thing coming hopefully at the beginning of next week. Um got that I got a signed Jamar Chase LSU jersey.
0: Nice.
1: So I am, might be my, out of all my stuff, probably my number two, my number two or number three uh, favorite thing. I don't know if anything's going to beat my uh, Ole Miss mini helmet with DK, Metcalf, and AJ Brown's signature on it. That one's a tough one to beat.
0: That's awesome, dude. That's awesome.
1: You went to a card show, right? You went to. I did. I went to a card show
0: this weekend. I bought uh, I bought a Tet McMillan autograph card, and then I bought a box of cards, and I got um, in that box, I got a a numbered Travis Hunter autograph, okay, and a and a numbered Shadur Sanders autograph. So, yeah, I mean. The box, the box is a hobby box of Bowman you chrome cost me $125 and just those two cards alone, um, ungraded are 150 a piece. Good ROI. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to probably for the first time ever send those off to get graded. Um, yeah,
1: have to let me know how long those are. Those are gone for. I, I hear sometimes they're not.
0: They take a while. The um, I didn't look up the Travis Hunter, but I saw that the the last graded Shadur Sanders of the same card that I have, the last one sold for six hundred. Oh man. So I'm uh, yeah, figured I I'd get him graded and uh, hold on to him for a while. Um,
1: till he gets oh. that draft buzz come next year. Exactly,
0: exactly, exactly, exactly. Sell it so. off. Yeah, that's kind of how it is. Like I, I have a Bo Nix autograph, um, and I'm just waiting for the draft to come. Hopefully, he gets drafted in the first round, and boom, then I'll sell it. I was hoping he'd win the Heisman, and then I'd sell it after that, but that that didn't work. So
1: not as lucky, huh?
0: Nope, not as lucky. Not definitely not as lucky. I uh. I did sell i did sell a couple of things at the show i had a uh a zay flowers boston college autograph that i sold um a hendon hooker tennessee autograph and um actually the thing i sold for the most was an angel reese uh women's basketball player from lsu yeah i'm aware yeah i sold uh i sold her i had a had a, i bought a twenty dollar blaster box of the Bowman you basketball from Walmart and it had an Angel Reese autograph in it and so yeah I sold that I was I, I was hoping I'd get Caitlin that didn't happen um because her, her stuff her stuff goes for a lot of money I sold the the Angel Reese goes for on eBay for anywhere between 120 and 60. I sold it to a guy for 60. so
1: I uh I think the women are playing tonight, so if she hasn't already, I think she just needed eight points to break the record. So
0: I mean in hindsight nice. probably should have held on to that card until like the women's final four or something, you know? Yeah. I hope LSU was in it and then and then try to sell it then. But even then, like, you know, maybe I make another sixty bucks. But,
1: yeah. yeah, with with paying twenty and getting sixty bucks back for it. I don't know really what the market is for women's basketball cards.
0: Well, the other thing too, is like those, the Bowman U basketball just came out fairly recently. And so, you know, the longer you wait, the more they're going to be in circulation. So. Gotcha.
1: Well, tonight, tonight we got some, uh, mountain West talk. Um, and then I guess you could say pack Two talk, uh, that's kind of yeah, because
0: they're not they're not P5 anymore. Right. You really can't. They're like kind of like a no man's land, I guess. Right. There's the P5 is definitely the P4 now. Um, they don't want to be considered in the Mountain West. So they're not really G5. But I mean, they really are. I mean. that That's that's unfortunately for them, unless unless the Big 12 throws them a, a lifeboat, then, you know, that's yeah they're, I don't, uh, they're pretty much relegated to the G5
1: but the only piece of real uh G5 news that I feel like we have going on this week is uh something you sent me earlier today about app state so it looks like they will not hold their spring game ahead of the 2024 season thoughts yeah. on that that's kind of like the only time i see teams do this is when they don't have enough enough depth to do something or they're afraid them, you know, if they lose a person or two that will compromise kind of their season. So that's kind of interesting um, that they wouldn't do that. I think the only other teams that I've heard do that are like usually stadium renos that they just don't do them. Um and I don't remember if we talked about it last week or not. I think we did, but Hawaii had started their spring, um, spring practice.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really know why they decided to not do that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it just seems like it's a good opportunity to – you know, get fans involved, fans engaged. Um, I mean, I, we we'll, we'll, we'll look at the Sun Belt next week. Um, maybe they don't have enough offensive linemen. or I, I just don't know. I really don't know. They got one quarterback. I, those are just things I'm throwing out there. I don't. I really. I really haven't dug into App State, but my guess is it has to be something weird like that where. They just don't have enough players to facilitate like an actual spring game, which I think is fine. Like, if you don't want to have a traditional spring game, right? Um, You
1: can probably do something else that's fun that gets interactive with uh, the fans, whether it's a skills challenge or even if it's flag football. Like, you can. Yeah, like
0: a spring showcase kind of thing, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just like basketball teams doing uh, kind of their midnight. I don't even know what you call it. Midnight but, Madness. Know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they're doing duck contests. They're, you know, it's not, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like an all star ish game.
0: Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Um, because like last year, Old Dominion, like they had a spring game, but it wasn't really a game. Like it was, it was basically like the coaches setting up the, setting the team up. And different scenarios, basically, right? And then they would, wrote, obviously, they would rotate players in and out, but it wasn't a game in, in, in the sense of, like, an actual game. It was just more of, they and they didn't call it a game. I think they call it a spring showcase. So I don't know why App State would be adverse to doing something like that, unless they just don't have enough players or, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But uh, maybe, we'll, maybe maybe some answers will dawn on us. Um, as we go dive into the Sun Belt next week and see they have three offensive linemen or they only have one quarterback or yep. whatever the case may be. I don't know. But nonetheless, uh, as you said, tonight, we are continuing our series to talk about coaching changes and transfer transfer portal impacts. Um, at least the early signing of the transfer or the, the early portal. Right. Because We'll have another window of people being able to leave coming up in May um, so we're looking at the Mountain West if you've missed the other episodes uh, we've we've kind of gone alphabetical by conference uh, next week will be our last with the Sun Belt but you can uh, watch the previous uh, week's episodes uh, on podcast form um, Apple podcast Spotify and while it's still available Google podcasts and then you can also uh, if you prefer to watch them uh, watch them rather than listen. Um, they're all available on YouTube as well. So we're going to start uh, with the Air Force Falcons.
1: All right. Well, coaching changes. Pretty easy here. No coaching changes here for for Air Force. So what do we got player personnel-wise, Justice? Who's leaving? Who's coming?
0: So who they're losing, they're losing uh, a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, Zach Larrier, out of eligibility. Uh, QB Jensen Jones, out of eligibility. QB Ben Britton, out of eligibility. Uh, Running back Emmanuel Michelle is in the portal. And running back John Lee Eldridge is off to the NFL uh, or trying to go to the NFL. Uh, Running back Owen Burke is out of eligibility. And they also lose their top eight offensive linemen um one thing i learned uh kind of digging when i was digging into to air force for the show i originally thought that emmanuel michelle was out of eligibility and that john lee eldridge was the one in the portal um but then after digging some more it looked like eldridge made i think eldridge was in the portal and then he declared to go to the nfl and then more recently um emmanuel michelle uh entered the transfer portal uh all of the uh, service academies are a little bit different than the other schools. They don't they don't like really honor the COVID year, stuff like that. Um, so I mean that could be why you know you see some guys they still have eligibility left. Um, like Brad Roberts technically had a year left of eligibility, but Air Force they just they, they just don't do that. You got your four years and that's it. Um, and the the, thing, the the weird thing about Michelle that thought he had played his four years there. Um, now, one of them could have been a COVID year, but I would have thought at that point he had to honor his commitment, but, um, you know, as far as serving in the military, but yeah, I'm not sure how or the, how it happened or the mechanics of it, but he, there's an announcement where he entered the portal. So,
1: um, Air Force is very interesting with how strict they are with
0: pretty much everything. Um, so well, I think I, it's all the service academies, as far as that kind. As far as like none of them get a COVID year. I just well, don't think. so I, there is
1: a recruit here in um, the town that I live in. Uh, he was committed to Air Force, and they had him doing um, blood pressure. Like I don't want to really say tests, but they were having his blood pressure taken every so often. And it was above a certain threshold one time, so they pulled a scholarship and like that was it. Huh. And it was just like it was wild. Now, um, that was his only D one offer. Now he's going to I think it's D two in uh, Missouri and they they play Kansas, I think is one of Kansas's like cupcake games. But it was just really interesting um, coach this kid and travel baseball and stuff. And yeah, he was telling me about it. He's like, yeah, I just, you know, had to go into the doctor's office every so often to get my blood pressure. And they have all these just kind of regimens that you have to meet. And then one time it was over. And I don't know if that was just an excuse of, Hey, we kind of offered you didn't think you were going to accept it. And you did. And we want to take a scholarship somewhere else. But I would think at that point, if you're doing that you're like hey can you be a preferred walk-on or this or that and it was just like it went above a certain threshold and it was just everything was gone
0: yeah so um like i said they lost a lot of quarterbacks all out of eligibility uh the only quarterback they have returning that took any snaps last year is uh sophomore john boucher uh who was nine for 19 152 yards passing uh, no touchdowns and then uh, rushing he had 11 uh 13 attempts for 11 yards so not, That's too, not, great. not yeah. too great there either he did he did have one rushing touchdown
1: yeah you were telling me about the passing I was like great justice Look, get get me to the rushing stats here 13 <laughs> yeah. yards not great
0: yeah not not, not great um and then th- they lose a lot of running backs um but th- they're leading returning rusher is dylan carson uh 50 68 attempts 493 yards and two touchdowns and he was the uh he was the direct backup to michelle uh which i think is the the b back i think the the power back if you will um and so definitely someone to uh keep an eye on uh for the air force attack and you know the receivers, you're not drafting any receivers from air force. Um, and then, like I said, they, they lose, um, their top eight offensive linemen, but you know, they return another, I don't know. I'm just trying to one, two, three, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 13 offensive linemen. So they might not, they they're not experienced. Um, they won't be as experienced, but they do have, uh, they do have the bodies there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the only person that I would possibly have any interest in in the league would be Dylan Carson. Um, and it has to be a fairly deep league, given the fact that they're pretty much replacing their, you know, first and second string offensive line, uh, from a year ago, plus a new quarterback. Uh, and, and we, 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 you've kind of seen it in the past, right? Well, look at Navy, right. Um, where their quarterback play has not been good. I don't know, for seems like the last five or six years. And, you know, the the, the team as a whole, the offense as a whole has kind of suffered for it. Um, so, yeah, not anyone that I'm like running out to go grab, but Dylan Carson would be the, there's one name that'd be the one guy to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, next up, we got the Boise State Broncos.
1: All right, well, there's a lot to be excited for here uh, in Boise out kind of um, is uh, DC Spencer Danielson and head coach Andy Avalos. He goes over to TCU in comes Spencer Danielson. So he's been with Boise in various roles since 2017. Uh, he was last with the D he was last, the defensive coordinator and inside linebacker coach from 2021 to this last year before he got the interim tag, uh, and then finished out the year here. Uh, in comes (laughs) co-OC. I don't know if my daughter is, I'm trying to get her to bed and she's, she's down here. She's part of the show now. Uh, but yeah, co-OC Nate Potter, uh, joins second year oc bush ham hamden harndan harndan and
0: Um, there's a rumor he's going somewhere else too um uh, yeah there was it was alabama or washington alabama alabama so
1: yeah maybe it was alabama so yeah um right now uh nate potter is the co-oc um but he was uh, the seventh season with Boise state. He was previously the run game coordinator and tight ends coach. He still has those titles. um, But Bush is the quarterback coach. So I don't know if he leaves uh, what that really does for that shakeup. Then you've got uh, obviously your defensive coordinator, then becomes your head coach. So you got co DC Eric, uh, Shindadir, deer china deer I don't know
0: it won't matter Shana, Shana, Shana deer, Shina deer? Shana deer.
1: <laughs> last year uh, he was an assistant head coach defensive line coach and uh the defensive run game coordinator in 2021 he was Nebraska's defensive coordinator this year he drops the uh defensive Run game coordinator and gets the co DC title, uh, with keeping the others so he'll still be an assistant head coach in the D line coach. And then co DC Tyler Stockton, he was last the defensive coordinator at Ball State. He I did find it interesting, um, and there'll, there'll be another you know coach later that we talk about this, but he's been a Broyles award nominee each of the past four seasons and if you guys are not familiar with what the Broyles award is but it goes to the best assistant coach in college football so you got there that there on the defensive side of the ball so that that is something nice Um,
0: you're right on the name it is homden homden for some reason i thought it was bush Harden. hard h-a-r-n but no it's homden all right
1: I guess I would say Hamden, but, you know, my Hamden, pronunciation yeah. of uh, all of, of all of these last names, not great. But that's what – you're not really listening Kentucky. to us for – Kentucky. Our, is for the, pronunci- Kentucky is the rumor. Okay. Um, but yeah, you're not listening to us for our pronunciations of these last names. It's more <laughs> the other content. But, uh, yeah, those are the uh, coaching changes here at Boise State. Justice. What do we have for players leaving, and coming? And don't mind me with my little mini helmet here.
0: So uh, we're they're losing quarterback Taylor Green, who is off to Arkansas. Um, Despite uh, mixed information in season last year, running back George Halani is for sure out of eligibility. Uh, Wide receiver Eric McAllister, who left in season. Um, is off to TCU. Wide receiver Stefan Cobbs out of eligibility and wide receiver Billy Bowens out of eligibility. Who are they getting? Uh, quarterback Malachi Nelson, USC. And wide receiver Cam Camper from Indiana. And I don't know if it's official. Um, Have it? Chris Marshall? Yeah, I haven't. I don't
1: I haven't seen anything official. I just saw like, you know, you had a couple things here or there, but I don't know if I've seen him actually enroll in class.
0: Well, according to on three, it's official. So they say, I just, i just, just Googled, just looked it up on Twitter and former five-star, uh, wide receiver. Chris Marshall has committed to Boise state. That was back, uh, the end of, end of January. Okay. So Chris Marshall, uh, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, um, much maligned, like, this kind of feels like a last, like, third strike you're out kind of deal, right?
1: Last chance um, of you. So, yeah. Like, so,
0: so hopefully he has uh, whatever whatever he, he's had going on at his previous stops, he has corrected that and, you know, can show off his talent at Boise State. Um. In addition to Malachi Nelson coming over from USC, uh, freshman last year that played quite a bit for them, Maddox Madsen returns as well as uh, C.J. Tiller. Uh, Running back, obviously, the RB1 in college fantasy football, Ashton Janty returns. Um, If he's not the RB1, I guess it's Ollie Gordon, but for me it's, it's Jainty, especially in a ppr league um John Briss, oh. or breezy dubar returns for them i a, was true uh. freshman last year assuming he's going to be kind of the you know the 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 backup the the 1b to Jainty's 1a so to speak maybe
1: so i'll be kind of curious to watch this year if breezy gets a lot more work and they try to limit Ashton's, um, I don't want to say production, but just like his touches because he can be really, really efficient on limited touches. Like, hey, if we just get him like 12 touches a game, that's going to be probably enough for the most part. Maybe have some games where you hit 20. But I'll be kind of curious to see if they kind of do kind of – a load ish management with him Uh, with the playoffs being expanded and G five able to get some teams in there. Is it best to kind of save him a little bit in certain games where, you know, it might be a blowout and instead of you normally see him just go, 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 he gets pulled and he gets kind of that superstar, treatment that you would if, you know, you've got a fans or you've got like an Ohio State person going up against Charlotte, you know, something yeah. like, like that, if, and I would be curious if that's something that they talk about going
0: into, into the year. Uh, as far as receivers, Jinty is their leading returning receiver, but as far as actual wide receivers, um that goes to Prince Strahan. Uh, a true freshman last year, who had uh, 12 catches on 23 targets for 274 yards and two touchdowns. So, I kind of, I, I personally would expect uh, Camper, Strahan, and Marshall to kind of be the starters. Um, offensive line, they only lose uh, they lose two starters there, so not not too bad of a shape there. Um, this team has to be. I think right up there with Memphis as one of the favorites for the G5 representative in the 12-team in playoff? I would
1: agree. I think probably number number one. Um, actually, maybe number two because Memphis, I think, just has a easier road um, probably. And I think I'd put Tulane in there. Uh, Tulane brought in a lot of guys that have talent now whether they can mesh to make a cohesive unit i think is something
0: different it's kind of the same for boise right with with uh with nelson and and camper and marshall coming on board
1: but that's what i think i like most about memphis is there's a lot of stability there a lot of things are the same
0: certainly yes absolutely i mean really the the only uh big newcomer from a skill position standpoint would be Mario Anderson. Right. And he's proven he can do it in the SEC. So there's no reason to believe he can't do, do those same things in the American.
1: So for whatever it's worth, I am going through uh, the Boise state roster for 2024. And I have yet to come across um, Chris Marshall. Oh, there he is. He is. Is as he soon as roster? I say it, he's on the roster. So it's it's official official. It's official <laughs> official. He's there.
0: All right. Uh next up is the Colorado State Rams. Uh nothing.
1: We got a lot of continuity here. Coaching staff all all back.
0: All right. Uh they lose quarterback Clay Millen going to Florida, which just seems like a really strange yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah like, I don't know. <laughs> but good for him. Uh, quarterback Jackson Stratton is in the portal with a uh, destination to be determined. Running back Avery Morrow is out of eligibility. Wide receiver Lewis Brown, the fourth, is off to San Diego State. Tight end Dallin Hoker is off to the NFL and they lose three offensive line starters. Who do they bring in? Uh, of note, wide receiver Donovan Ollie coming over from Cincinnati. So Colorado State is his third school because he was at Washington State, uh, then went to Cincinnati, and now he's at Colorado State. Um, I don't – I guess I don't he, – he adds depth form for sure um it just kind of seems odd like because Tory holton Tory horton returns uh Justice ross Simmon returns Dylan goffney returns um so I don't know it seems like an odd an odd landing spot for Ollie obviously Colorado State they just want to accumulate all the talent um so it kind of makes me wonder who perhaps would be the odd man out I don't I don't know like, I got to think it's going to be Ollie, but anyway. Um, quarterback, the return, uh, sophomore Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, who started, I don't know, maybe week two or three last, in last year. He didn't, he didn't start. Clay Millen was a starter initially. Uh, things sputtered. They yeah, put I feel in... like
1: it was week four or something, and then it was just kind of like a no-brainer. Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, he kind of, he kind of. I mean, I I remember watching the Colorado game, and he had a, you know, he had a pretty daggone good game.
1: I think that was week
0: three. Uh, He had a really good game for them against Colorado. He, uh, you know, despite not starting all the games, he had three thousand four hundred and fifty yards passing, twenty two touchdowns, sixteen interceptions. Um, He doesn't really offer anything on the ground. He had negative rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, Um, but. You know, if he can, you know, start all year, um, increase those touchdown numbers, he could be, he could be, you know, a fantasy asset for you. At quarterback, um, especially, and if it's a six point all touchdown league, then, you know, rushing is not that, uh, not as important um, from the quarterback spot. Uh, They're returning rushers. um, Justin Marshall, who kind of freshman. Uh, who I know uh, the guys on the official over at Campus Canton really liked. I um, think there was questions at the beginning, was he going to be a receiver, running back? It's like he's kind of playing – he's going to be play a running back for them. He kind of really came on strong at the end of the season um, when their other running backs were hurt. Uh, he had 311 yards on 57 attempts and two touchdowns. Uh, Kobe Johnson, who got injured last year, returns. He was a transfer in last year and then another true freshman last season. Damian Henderson also returns at uh, running back um, where he talked about the receivers with Tory Horton, Justice Ross Simmons, Dylan Goffney uh, return. Um, but they do lose Dallin Holker. They're they're you know, for all intents and purposes, number one tight end uh, in college fantasy last year. Uh, who's going to step into that role? the uh the leading returning tight end was Vince Brown the second. He uh, he only ran eight routes last year. He had but in those eight routes he had five targets, four catches for 32 yards. So a name to kind of tuck away um, if you're looking for a potential tight end production. And then like I said uh, earlier they are losing uh three offensive losing two of their offensive starters and their top backup on the offensive line. But uh, for the most part, this offense should kind of keep right on humming, right? Uh, as they, as they have under Norvell for last couple well, last year. Anyway,
1: I thought it was really interesting that, uh, Oh, Tory Horton decides to come back. I mean, he was getting kind of all the, all the raves, uh, especially after the Colorado game. Uh, and, and a lot of people had a really high, I don't want to say draft grade, but you know, people thought really highly of him. Like, Hey, he's going to be kind of that, uh, Cortland Sutton type G five wide receiver that, you know, hits or like the Gallup, Michael Gallup type that, you know, he's going to, or I guess tank Dell kind of this last year, but then he comes back probably be a dominant wide receiver uh, overall. Uh, in college football, but I, I, it's kind of a bummer to see Lewis Brown, the fourth go. Cause I was kind of excited to like, it's not like he's a, a dominant player, but uh, I do think he brings some value to that team. So I am excited for San Diego state um, and what he's able to bring to that offense. As We will talk about them later, but yeah, I'm excited for that.
0: Yeah. Like I, I don't really, know why horton decided to stay my my i would guess that they gave him some nil they found some nil money and, and threw it his way that's kind of my guess um to get him to stay another year um, Was well, that
1: probably plus a bad draft grade or maybe not even a bad draft It's probably a realistic draft grade and that's not and he valued himself higher
0: yeah could be and it could or it could be a combination of both right all right, uh, moving on to the Fresno State Bulldogs. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I think I said this pre-show, uh, but really do like the Mountain West and a lot of continuity that comes back. If you're looking for fantasy assets in the Mountain West, is probably a place to look. I mean, we've done a rundown of all the other conferences, like minus the Sun Belt, and there's a lot of things changing. And this conference in general is just the most stable right now so with all that said no coaching changes there
0: for fresno state all right uh we got leaving fresno state we got quarterback logan fife going over to montana uh probably competing for an fcs championship there Uh, we got running back damian moore uh formerly of california a lot of people were you know thought he would be the man For Fresno State last year, he didn't really get any run. He is in the portal again. Uh, Destination is unknown. Uh, Tight end Trey Watson is off to Washington. And then wide receiver Eric Brooks out of eligibility. And wide receiver Jalen Gill is out of eligibility. They didn't really have anyone um, coming in of, you know, big note through the portal. Uh, Quarterback, they return Mikey Keene who had a, a breakout year for Fresno State, um, just shy of 3,000 yards passing, 24 touchdowns and uh, 10 interceptions. He, uh, he did miss a few games last year. Uh, he didn't really do much, anything on the ground, negative 136 yards and a touchdown. Uh, running back, they returned Malik Sherrod, uh, who's someone we talked about ad nauseum uh, in the season last year. Uh, 957 yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, Elijah Gilliam, who was uh, their leading running back at the beginning of the year when Sherrod was uh, recovering from injury, he also returns. Uh, Devin Rivers, uh, true freshman from last season, returns as well. Going over to the wide receiver room, uh, freshman Jalen Moss, who kind of seems like it kind of took over like halfway through the year. He does return. Uh, he had 80 targets last year, 55 catches, 706 yards, and six touchdowns. And then uh, Magdalena also returns. Uh, he caught 46 balls on 70 targets, 508 yards, and three touchdowns. As I mentioned, Trey Watson is gone at tight end. Uh, they're leading returning tight end um, from a production standpoint was Jake Faust, um eight targets four catches 30 yards and one touchdown last year offensive line they only lose they lose one starter and their top backup um but you know other than that they look to be in good shape uh, uh on the offensive line and you know they should be in contention uh for to challenge Boise State for that Mountain West title I believe
1: yeah, because right, it was Fresno State versus them this last year in the in the championship. Probably, you know, a rematch. Uh,
0: was it yours or was it UNLV? A UNLV, you're right. It was UNLV. It was a three way tie, and they lost the tie. They right had
1: there. to do coin flip or something like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I think I really like the running game this year. Um, obviously, Mike Keane won't bring a lot to the running game there. But uh, I, would, I would assume Malik Sherrod will get a majority of the run. Uh, we tried to tried to warn everybody, you know, hey, he's hurt. He's going to be the guy, you know. But, you know, all we can do is, is warn people. Um, Gilliam comes in. I mean, he did an admirable job in, in backing up. But I think maybe he gets a little bit more run this year. We'll see. Um, planning on talking to a couple of sources that I got there. Figure out what we got, kind of going on, and we can can let the you all know that a little bit sooner than uh, others that you might be drafting against. But I think I really like the the run game this year at Fresno. You know, if we can if we can get us another Ronnie Rivers, that would be great. I don't know if it's possible, or if it's just a DeBoer system, but it would be great.
0: Yes, yeah, bit would obviously for for fantasy purposes, absolutely. All right, uh, next up is the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors.
1: You know what? I want to preface everything with Hawaii. I was super in on them last year, and I'm hoping I was just a year too early. I'm hoping,
0: hoping but this you is might the be. Year. I, I believe they I believe from a returning production standpoint, they are they're number one. So. That's good. That's good for growth and continuity.
1: Is that uh, in all of college football or just the Mountain uh, West? Number
0: one in the Mountain West, uh, number eight in FBS. But I was super
1: in on them. I'm in some leagues where you only got four waivers, and, you know, I'm picking up Brayton Shager. I'm picking up Bofili Ashlock. I, You know, I was give me this stack. It doesn't even matter if you're inefficient. There's so much volume that, you know, you can be start-worthy most times. Uh, it, it was definitely hard to watch Hawaii this year. It was one of those things where you didn't want to watch the game. Just show me the end stat line. Um, that's that's all that really mattered. But with all that said, uh, coaching changes out is O.C. Ian Shumay. His role just kind of diminished in 2023 as offensive line coach Roman Spalu? Sp- sp- ho- ho. Spalu? I'm not great with the Hawaii names. So the Polynesian names rough for me uh, as well as the English ones too. But uh, he was promoted to co-OC. Then Timmy Chang took over as a play caller. Uh, Shoemaker shifted to the tight end coach at the time, uh, but he has since been fired. Co-DC, Itina Ena fired, uh, Jacob uh, Yoro, Co-DC, and safeties coach goes back to just being the safety coach. So you had a Co-DC, one of them gets fired, one of them stays and stays to coach the safeties. In is a DC and cornerback coach, Dennis Thurman. He's got 35 plus years of coaching. He was last with Colorado as a director of quality control. He was previously with Hawaii from 1999 to 2007 um, as the quarterback coach. And if you remember, 2007 had a quite the quarterback play there. I'm trying to remember his name. Was it Colt Brennan? Colt Brennan. So he was the quarterback coach for Colt Brennan in his Heisman hopeful uh, 2007 year where he threw all those touchdown passes. So it really seems like last year uh, Timmy Chang brought in some consultants uh, to really help with this offense and has since brought in more people to be you know, like that offense was back in 2006-2007. Um, Pretty much like kind of the 2004 to 2007 time frame, which uh, is very, very exciting. Then co-OC and quarterback coach Dan Morrison uh, comes back. He previously coached in the XFL with the Seattle Sea Dragons in 2022 and 2023. Before that, he spent seven seasons with SMU. He was the quarterback coach for nine years uh, at Hawaii, uh, including the 2000 to 2004, when he mentored to Chang and also Colt Brennan. So bringing a lot of impact influences, a lot of the historical knowledge of, I'm really hoping they talk to Shager about what you're looking at, the quick stuff, uh, breaking down Hawaii, uh, that I did last year. There was a uh, you definitely wanted the X wide receiver, um, but you also wanted the slot because it was a lot of quick looks and the, the slot is that first look. And then your X, a lot of the time was just running a nine route down the field and you could, uh, you know, catch a big one. I'm trying to remember who it was in 2006, 2007. Uh, I remember they got drafted by the Broncos.
0: Jason, uh, is Jason Rivers. I mean, I don't know. That
1: that name doesn't sound familiar. But there was a guy uh, in that big breakout season, ended up getting drafted by the Broncos. He didn't do a whole bunch, I don't think.
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, Devon Bess. Is that right? I don't know. I don't
1: know if that's right. He was a big dude, though. He was a big boy. Um,
0: Yeah. I want to say Bess was smaller.
1: So uh, I'm pretty hopeful for Ashlock this year being in the slot uh, and then probably McBride. Um, out wide. Out wide, yep. So tell us who, do you, who you got leaving and who
0: you got coming. So they lose. Uh, so all the players they lose are all in the portal. And last I checked, none of them had <laughs> committed to go anywhere yet. Um, so quarterback Joey Yellen, quarterback Jonah Chong, running back Jordan Johnson, running back Najee Bryant, wide receiver Jalen Walthall, and tight end Grayson Morgan. Again, all in the portal. Um, None of them that I had seen had announced any destination yet. Um, Who is coming? Running back Cameron Barfield is coming over from Boston College.
1: You know Um, what? I – I don't remember how long Shager was in the portal, but it, yeah, I was going to get it, to that. He
0: was in the portal and then came back.
1: He gives me like, I'm super excited. Then he goes to the portal. I'm like, what's he doing? Like, where can he go? That's going to be better than Hawaii. Cause like, he wasn't really that great. It was just the yeah. volume kept him afloat. And then he went back and I was like, Oh, thank God. And I'm very, very, very excited for Hawaii and the Rainbow Warriors
0: in 2024. So, yeah, quarterback uh, Braden Shager does return after his brief portal uh, hiatus. Last season, he threw for 3,542 yards, 26 touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, On the ground, he had 54 yards and two touchdowns, so he's not really giving you much on the ground. No one's really giving you much on the ground, uh, in, uh, in Hawaii. Uh, Landon Sims is their leading returning rusher from last year, 255 yards on 63 attempts and one touchdown. Um, a CFF darling preseason last year, uh, Tyler Hines, uh, I had so many shares of Tylen Hines. Um, he does return perhaps this can be the year he gets back on track. Uh, We'll 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 see there, um, and then other than losing Jalen Walthall, they pretty much returned. I mean, and everybody uh, at receiver, uh, as we said earlier, uh, Stephen McBride returns. He had sixty three catches on ninety nine targets for one thousand and twenty four yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, freshman Folly Ashlock returns. He was the leading receiver in terms of targets. He caught 83 balls on 121 targets, uh, 832 yards, and nine touchdowns. Kuali Nishigayi returns. Alex Perry returns. Nick cynical returns. Jonah Panok returns. Um, yeah, Chuki Hines returns. So, you know, they're, they're, they have, the receivers are all returning. That That's great for them, uh, great for that production the, uh, on the offensive line, they do lose two offensive line starters from last year. So, you know, a little bit of work to do there. Um, but as, we, as, as we mentioned, when we started with Hawaii, they are the number one returning production team in the mountain West and number eight in FBS. And just quick shout out to, uh, campus DeCant and the CFB winning edge His uh, 2024 returning production database was dropped the 1st of February uh, to the masses. Um, it's a great resource. So, you know, if you're not a, if you're not a subscriber, I would definitely encourage you to do that. So with uh,
1: some offensive linemen missing this year, it, it makes me hopeful that Ashlock will probably be targeted a lot Um Maybe even hyper targeted here at the beginning of the year. Yes, you have your you know your spring practice and all this stuff, but sometimes it's you don't get a lot of the reps or or whatnot that you you maybe should get, or you get a little bit of rest here or there. Um, but I think getting that cohesive unit there, it might be a lot of quick reads, uh, get the ball out quick, and then as the season progresses and everyone gets gel in a little bit more. That's when uh, McBride maybe gets a little bit more into it. And then that'll be just something I watch will be, hey, what do we, you know, how many offensive line shakeups do you have, injuries, because I think the more injuries that happen or, hey, we're trying to find a rotation that works. I think that benefits Ashlock and, and getting those quick reads right away.
0: All right, we are next up is the Nevada Wolfpack. All right, so
1: coaching changes here. Out pretty much all of our second-year coaches. Head coach, Kevin Wilson, he goes to become the linebacker coach at TCU. OC, Derek Sage, he is to be determined where he is going. And then co-DC, Kwame Agumen he is now the Utah State safeties coach. And Mike Betha, um, to be determined, something, that's, uh, something to note is he's facing a DUI from December, kind of looked at Twitter, all that stuff. You know, it seems to be a pretty positive dude, talks a lot about putting the past behind you, you know, be a mentally strong person. Uh, but, yeah, he does not have a job right now, and I feel like it's probably something that will be – Maybe a little bit tougher to to get your foot in the door somewhere else uh, with that pending. In comes uh, Jeff uh, Choate. He is the co-DC and inside linebacker coach at Texas State in 2021 and was the head coach for Montana State. In uh, 2016 and 20 or 2016 through 2019. Um, then let's see here interim OC and running back coach, Michael Lynch. Uh, I, I say interim OC because that's apparently his title, they don't have an OC. I think that's kind of interesting. And then, um, But he was with Chote or Choate at Utah State in 2002 and 2004 or 2002 through 2004 and Eastern Illinois in 2005. And he spent the last eight years as a Syracuse running back coach and was Syracuse's OC in 2018 and 2019. So he has some OC work and he's definitely been with Choate. you know, for several years. And I, you know, everyone's got their coaching trees and what they bring in and, and whatnot. So I, I anticipate, you know, he knows what he's getting there. DC Kane Ione, uh, he was Boise States co-DC and safeties coach in 2021. And he comes over to Nevada, um, yeah, who do we have leaving and coming here for Nevada?
0: All right. Uh, They are losing wide receiver Jamal Bell. He is off to Baylor. Wide receiver Dalbion Campbell is out of eligibility. They lose their top four pass catchers, and they lose three offensive line starters. Who do they have coming in? Quarterback uh, Chuba Purdy, most recently from Nebraska, uh, before that, he was at Florida State. Uh, running back Pat Garwo coming over from Boston College and wide receiver Cortez Bryan coming over from West Virginia. They do return um, quarterbacks Brendan Lewis, uh, not much of a passer, uh, more known as a, as a runner, uh, but he does return um, A.J. Bianco returns and Shane Illingworth also return. And then, as I said, Chuba Purdy uh, is coming in. Um, should be quite an interesting battle there. Um, I gotta believe that they are Lewis is not the favorite. I, I gotta think Purdy's probably the favorite to get that job. You think? Yeah. You know, Lewis does not offer enough uh, from a uh, from a passing perspective uh running backs they do return Sean Dollars their leading retu- uh, rusher last season only 527 yards and six touchdowns got to assume Garwo is going to give him a run for his money there uh for that starting job for uh running backs um receivers um well it looks like I I must there must have been an update Dalvion Campbell is returning um, I had him as out of eligibility. It looks like he is returning. He was their leading receiver last year with uh, 31 catches, 594 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, I, I I don't know that there's anyone here that you are um, targeting from a fantasy perspective. Um, I think it's kind of a wait-and-see approach with these guys in terms of, you know, hey – you know, see who was the quarterback battle and then kind of go from there. Um, I guess if I had to pick a spot, I'm probably paying attention to Sean Dollar, Sean Dollars, Pat Garwo uh, competition.
1: Yeah, I would definitely be paying attention there. And I really like Pat Garwo. I like what he did at Boston College this last year just for an idea. So, you know, keep this in mind. You got Nevada, you got new coaching Coaches in here you got a head coach that's got a defensive background, so I'm always looking. Okay, really, who's your offensive coordinator? Because when you when you get an offensive minded head coach, I think they really kind of get their fingerprints. So I really look at like things that they've done because they've usually been an OC somewhere uh, here or there. But yeah, so now looking at Mike Lynch, oh, he's the interim OC, so that might change. But uh, he was the RB coach, or he's going to be the RB, uh, running back coach, and he was the running back coach for eight years at Syracuse. Interesting. Oh, he was an OC in 2018, 2019. What does that look like? Well, just for an idea, in 2018, the offense averaged 45.6 um, rush attempts a game what i mean granted that's with sacks involved but they were 10 and 3 in 2018 um, and they scored 40.2 points per game granted it's the acc uh, i'm trying to think of things that going on around there there's probably a lot of different things you know happening but that's huge um also you know he comes into that so probably some of that is Already there. So what's 2019 look like? Uh, Not as great. They go five and seven. Uh, They score 28.2 points per game, but they average 41.8 rushes per game. So 45.6 in one year and then the 41.8. So you're going to get a lot of rushes. And Pat Garwo, if they're going to run the ball a lot, he's a big boy and he can handle it. Um, 34 pass attempts in 2019, and in 2018, 35.6. So you're in that 34, 35 pass attempts per game. Um, so I'm definitely looking at running backs in this offense, personally.
0: Yeah, I mean, pay attention to spring. I mean, I like you said, I think Garwo, I think, should be able to overtake dollars. But, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where you're looking at for – fantasy value next or this coming season but you're not drafting these guys these are these are these are guys you're going to look at um you know kind of keep on your watch list and see how the first couple weeks go um you know and 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 take it from there as far as you know for waivers all right uh next up is the New Mexico Lobos hey justice we're going to we're
1: kind gonna... of Going pretty long, and there's a lot of teams left. Should we, uh, you know, for for our listeners and viewers, call it call it good after this one, and then next week maybe start back up with you know the second half.
0: Yeah, I think so. We've we've covered uh, six teams, and we're already an hour deep, and you know, we got eight more teams to go. So I think uh, we'll finish up uh, New Mexico, and we'll do uh, we'll do part two of the Mountain West next week. The, the rest of the seven teams.
1: All right. Sounds good. So uh, coaching changes here for New Mexico Uh, out is Danny Gonzalez. He becomes the Arizona linebacker and special teams coach. I honestly thought last year, Danny Gonzalez was a candidate to kind of be on the hot seat or get fired. He, He goes for another year, but he's out this year. OC Bryant Vincent. He goes to Louisiana Monroe and becomes the head coach there. And D.C. Troy Raffet, he's to be determined. In comes head coach Bronco Mendenhall. Bronco Mendenhall, just a great name. The fact that somebody's first name is Bronco, probably not legally. I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up. That's just great. Uh, He... Is now the head coach, like I said, and a Virginia head coach. Uh, he was from 2016 to 2021, uh, but he is a defensive coordinator coordinator type guy. So, what do we got on the offensive coordinator? We've got Jason Beck. Uh, he was at Virginia with Mendenhall from 2016 to 2021. And he was Syracuse's quarterback coach in 2022 and the OC and quarterback coach in 2023. So, you know, if there's anything I remember from Syracuse, I mean, granted, you kind of work with what you have, uh, but they definitely liked a mobile quarterback there uh, at, at Syracuse. And throwing the ball a lot. And then defensive coordinator Nick Howell, Virginia, or he was at Virginia with Mendenhall from 2016 to 2021. And then he was Vandy's DC from in 2022 and 2023 common denominator. Brockman Mendenhall brings all of the guys that he had under him while he was the head coach um, at Virginia. So I think I did not go into depth as to look at what Virginia did, but honestly, I think you go back and this is something that I'll probably do in my summer series when I'm breaking down teams, what to expect for new Mexico in 2024. All right, let's just give me the sample size of what Virginia did in 2016 to 2021. You're going to have different athletes, but probably going to have the same tendencies uh, of running the ball or passing the ball. So Yeah. I think that's where you, where
0: you look. All right. Um, You know, we, we talked about uh, the returning production for Hawaii. Well, for New Mexico, it's almost exactly opposite. Um, They rank in all of FBS, they rank 109th, whereas Hawaii, I think was, we said was ninth. So um, the new coaching staff certainly has their work cut out for them. Um, but there is a piece that is returning that I am super excited for. I don't know if we mentioned him or I mentioned him last, last season on any of our episodes. I know Luke and I talked about him. Can't remember if we did it on uh, on an actual podcast or not, but I'm very excited to see uh, Devin Dampier and what he can do in this offense. Um, I thought he, it, he looked like maybe a better quarterback than Dylan Hopkins last year at times. Um, and he did get he did get quite a bit of playing time last year he played in nine games um he had he was 40 for 64 525 yards six touchdowns no interceptions in the air um reason why I'm excited here is though is the rushing 59 attempts 333 yards and four touchdowns on the ground um and like you said that that offense, uh, that they're bringing in with the new coaches, uh, they like to see their quarterbacks mobile and run the ball. And so I'm I'm very excited for Devin Dampier um, and, and what he can what he can do. But, gotta I have to temper my own expectations a little bit because they do lose a lot at the other skill positions and offensive line. Um. So my place. Uh as I said, Dylan Hopkins is gone. Uh, running back Jakory Krosky Merritt is gone from Arizona. Uh, or he's gone going to Arizona. Running back Christian Washington is in the portal um, to be determined where he's going to land. And they lose all five offensive line starters. Not good. Uh, Who is coming in? They got two transfer running backs coming in. Um, Eli Sanders, formerly of Iowa State, and running back Javon Jacobs coming over from Arizona State. Um, in addition to those two runners, Andrew Andrew Henry uh, returns again. He, he did enter the portal very briefly, and they, they were to talk, able to talk him into coming back. He is their leading returning rusher um, with 350 yards and three touchdowns last year but I fully expect this is Eli Sanders show this from, from a running back perspective uh, heading into next season uh, receiving. They do return their leading receiver, which is Caleb Medford. He had 30 catches on 68 targets, 551 yards and two touchdowns. Um, only a sophomore. So if they can get that passing game going, maybe uh, Medford um, is someone you'd also might put on, Put on a watch list, kind of, kind of see how things go for uh, New Mexico, and then, you know, to me the big challenge is the offensive line. They lose all five starters. They only return one, two, three. F- they return four guys who um, had some snaps last year, um, but uh, I mean, essentially one guy had four and fifty-eight snaps. The other returners 25 snaps three snaps three snaps um they do have two offensive linemen coming in through the portal but those guys uh, don't have a ton of experience either in terms of snaps so if they can get things figured out for the offensive line um i think you could see some some fancy assets here between dampier eli sanders and possibly uh caleb medford Receiver, how many years does uh dampier have left? He was a true freshman last year, so he has three and he played nine games, so he couldn't redshirt. Um, so he does have three years left. Like I said, I, I was he was someone I was excited about last year. Um, I'm even more excited this year, but I have to temper those expectations because of the offensive line concerns. So,
1: here while you were talking, I was doing research. On the back end of, hey, what did Virginia look like? So just some interesting things. Uh, Points per game. How many opportunities are you going to have to score? So start in 2016, go to uh, 2021. 22.5, 22.5, 28.5, 32.1, 30.7, 34.6. So I take that, you know. There's a big jump going from 22.5 in that year two to the 28.5 in year three, then to 32.1. So, you know, again, I I think that's a lot to do with recruiting and getting your guys in. So maybe, that you know, like you said, there's a lot of guys missing. So maybe this isn't the year uh, for New Mexico. But with Dampier being, being young, it's hard to take a fantasy a fantasy asset and say, Hey, I want to have you sit on my bench and clog a roster spot in this day and age with the portal transfers. But I think this could be a really, really solid one because you can bring it. The thing that you have now that you don't have before is, Oh, you can't, you have to transfer, you know, you only have, you can only have one transfer this and that, like you can go out and get these guys whenever you want. So I think, maybe next year you see that big bump because yeah 6 6 points per game and then 4 points per game that that's a pretty big pretty big bump and then how are they doing it um so you've got in again 2016 to 2021 pass attempts i'll say pass attempts versus rush attempts 40.6 32 versus 29.9. 27.5 versus 38.4. So big uptick in rushes, big downtick in passes. Then it goes back to 37.1 pass attempts, 31.6 rush attempts, 37.9 pass attempts, 36.6 rush attempts, 46.1 pass attempts, 28.2. You have a one outlier year, but... You're pretty much averaging 38 pass attempts versus 33 rush attempts a game, uh, and I think that is is big there for Dampier. Um kind of supporting what your thoughts are there. Justice, maybe this is a year he does some stuff, uh, but maybe it's more 2025. But I, I like what I see.
0: Yeah, like I guess I think I think it's all gonna the production this year is all going to depend on how that offensive line comes together
1: think I
0: think, that's I think tough that, to bet on yeah yeah um but yeah definitely I think the future is bright for Dampier um and uh so hopefully you know if he's available in your leagues he's definitely someone like I would take a flyer on and, and you know towards the end of the draft all right um like we said uh before we started in New Mexico we're gonna cut it uh we're gonna we're gonna stop here because um, we're at the halfway point in terms of uh, teams. Um, and we're already, you know, over an hour deep, so we will pick back up next week with the rest of the Mountain West, um, and then we'll get to the Sun Belt uh, the week after. We might have to do the same thing with the Sun Belt, split yeah. them up because um, it's a pretty big conference too. So uh, yeah, thanks everyone for all, all your support. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe uh, wherever you listen to podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Spotify. For another, I don't know, month and a half or so, Google Podcasts, um, YouTube. Uh, you know, uh, subscribe there, uh, like the videos. Um, if you have any questions, reach out to myself or Luke. Uh, you can find us at justice, find myself at justice underscore two three one eight.
1: You can find me at probasco luke. Uh, We're also G5 hive can be found on X or the bird app or Twitter, whatever you want to call it at G5 hive. Again, we are here for you guys. Uh, Again, we're, we're doing this breakdown of, of things that are changing so you can be ready for, Hey, you got some drafts that are already starting going on right now. What do you guys want to hear? We want to, you know, cater to you guys. You guys are listening to us. We're fantasy football it's February 12th. You guys are degenerates, just like us. And you want to know, how can I get my edge on my league mates? And typically that's in the G5. And here we are helping you out. So, hey, let us know what we can work on uh, content-wise that we can you know, better help you guys dominate your leagues in 2024 and going forward. Thanks,
0: uh, Thanks, everyone, for your support. And we will see you back next week. Good night.